Hello friends, thanks so much for joining us for This Is Why We Have the Psalms. And in today's session, we're gonna be looking at Psalm 34. For those of you who are watching on Facebook, as always, I wanna invite you to add your comments and to those who are listening by podcast, so glad that you're joining us as well. We have just a couple more weeks left in this series and probably uh, next Wednesday, if not before, you'll be hearing about the new series that we're gonna do. It's going to begin uh, on September the 2nd, 2020. So if you're listening to this after September 2nd, 2020, then you already know what's going on. And it's no announcement, but I'm excited about the upcoming series that we're going to begin here in just a couple of weeks. But in this session, we're going to be taking a look at Psalm 34. It's one of the more famous Psalms of David. I'm surprised we haven't covered it already. Uh, and in this psalm, it's the one where he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But that's actually not even my favorite part of this psalm. As I was just sitting with this psalm this week, there's actually another part that I like even better, if you can imagine that. So we're going to get right into this. And Psalm 34, will, uh, let's just do the first 11 verses. That'll be enough for our time together uh, here. But I always encourage you to read the whole thing and just to uh, find one, maybe two verses that really speak to you and just sit with those a little bit longer. Well, verse one, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Well, let's just begin at the beginning here. I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Our words matter. Our words shape our mindset. Our words shape our perspective. Our words shape the way that we view the world. If we're continually grumbling, grumbling if we're continually complaining, if we're continually being negative, then that is going to frame your perspective. It's going to shape the way you see the world. But David reorients his perspective, and he says that the praise of the Lord is going to continually be on his lips. At all times, he will bless the Lord, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Your mindset is so important whenever it comes to determining how you're going to relate to the world around you. So if you find yourself continually down, continually grumbling, continually complaining, 
Let your words shape your mindset, which is going to shape your perspective. So start praising God. Start giving thanks to God. Start blessing the Lord. Even in tough times, you can always find some reason to bless God because God is not one with the problem. God is above the problem. God is above the blessing. So whether it's good or bad, God has not changed and we still praise God because God is worthy of praise regardless of what's going on. And the benefit to us is as we praise God regardless of what's going on, then it may not change the situation, but it will change our relationship to the situation. So David, who often found himself in trouble, he had this judo move that he would do. He would continually bless the Lord at all times, not just so he would think better and feel better, but because God is worthy of the praise. Verse two, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. So rather than boasting in status or in wealth or in power or in position, David's soul boasts in God. He realizes that everything he has comes from God. All that he's doing is for God. Even the tough times in which he finds himself, he's going to boast in the Lord, not in his own strength, not in his own ability to get himself out of trouble. His boast is in the Lord. So that's a good encouragement for all of us. Verse three, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name forever. David's personal praise wants company. David says, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, everybody, magnify the Lord with me. Your praise is contagious. The boasting in the Lord is contagious. Blessing the Lord at all times, his praise being continually on your lips is contagious. You wanna be around those types of people. Well, just be that type of a person. Just continually speak the good things. Speak life, speak hope, speak truth, speak of the goodness of God and call other people to that. There may be other people around you that they're just just grumbling, complaining. Maybe you've got some family members just say, all right, what what can we praise God for in this situation? Let's, Let's praise the Lord together. I'll pray with you. I'll praise with you. So that praise is contagious. And in verse number four, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Now listen, I know that David had actual fears that were going on. In fact, if you read up underneath the title of Psalm 34, it says, it's a Psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he he went away. Remember, David was just in trouble and he starts acting like a crazy man. And through that strategy, he actually escaped from... Don't worry about the context in this situation. That's not what we're looking for tonight. Context matters. It matters a lot. But we're not doing super deep Bible study here. Remember, we're letting the Psalms just speak to us and and encourage us. And we're finding ourselves, whatever the situation is, in these Psalms. And so David says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. So he had some fears that had names, but just read it a little broader. I think it's okay to back up a little bit here. And that's why I don't want to focus on the context, even though it's important. I think what's more important here is it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Seeking the Lord, in seeking the Lord, whatever the fear is in specific, God can actually deliver you from fears in general. So there is fear about a specific thing, but there's also just fear in general. And in seeking the Lord, what happens is God 
may or may not change that situation, but God will deliver you from fear. When you seek the Lord, the fear flees. So let's forget about a specific situation. Let's just say when we seek God, God delivers us from fear, from fear itself. Fear is not of God. Perfect love casts out all fear. Seeking God delivers us from fears. It's not that we're not going to be afraid, but when we're afraid, we seek the Lord and we find that the fears have to flee because fear and love cannot cohabitate because perfect love drives out all fear. If you find yourself afraid, it's just because you have not received to the full the love of God. And that's not to shame you. That's to encourage you and to invite you to seek the Lord in the midst of fear. And whether or not the situation changes, we find that we change in the midst of the situation. Verse 5, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. When you look to the light, you actually reflect the light, God, to the world. When you look to the world, you reflect the world back to itself. See, we are the image bearers of the divine. And when an ancient ruler would come in and conquer a particular area, that ancient ruler, let's say it was one of the Caesars, would erect statues or images of himself there so that even though he wasn't present, the people would be reminded, you got to kiss the ring, suckas. I rule here. Well, the image represented the actual and it reflected to the people who were seeing the image, it reflected to the people seeing the image that there is a ruler even if you can't see him. So when we, as in this verse says, look to him, we, when we look to God, are radiant and our faces shall never be ashamed. We radiate the glory of God to the world around us. We are the image bearers of the divine. We reflect the divine to the world. You're the image of God. So when you're continually looking up, metaphorically, to praise God, you're going to reflect the light and radiate with the light of God to the world. When you're continually looking at the world and at the situation, you're just going to mirror the world and the situation back to itself. Again, when we're seeking the Lord, it's going to cause the fear to flee and we will radiate with God's love and God's light. Think of yourself as that image that God has put in the world to reflect the light to the world rather than to mirror the world back to itself. Verse number six, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Look at David's posture. Look at David's humility. I'm a poor man who cries out to God. This is King David. I'm a poor man who cried out to God. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Well, that's the posture that Jesus also commends. Remember the person who was all pompous and religious and had his act together before God? He was at the altar and there's another poor man over here just going, God, save me, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, who walked away justified? Well, not the dude who has his act together and his pride all up in his throat, but actually the guy over here who was crying out, I'm just a, I'm not, I'm less than human here. I don't even, I'm not even fit. I'm not even a worm. And God goes, it's not that we're trying to beat ourselves up, but there comes times with before the Lord where we just have to lay our pride aside and go, God, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm not worthy. It's only because of you, because of your son and your love for me. That's the posture of humility. And David says, this poor man cried. He cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of his trouble. And the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. The angel of the Lord sets up camp around the people who 
aren't fearing the situation, but they're fearing God. Those who fear God, the angel of the Lord, encamps around them and delivers them. We're, we're surrounded. You know that song we see, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded by all this, but I'm actually surrounded by God. Remember the time where the young prophet couldn't see that the angel, the angel armies were all around. The old prophet's like, hi, he, he just, he doesn't have eyes to see this. And whenever the reality is exposed, they're just surrounded. And you and your situation, you are probably going through some situations that you feel surrounded. And what the Bible says is when you fear God, not the situation, when you fear God, when you stand in holy reverence before God, the ruler, the the almighty, at that point, God is actually surrounding you. You you are surrounded by God. God is encamped around you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We've seen refuge again and again throughout the Psalms. It's like we can hide in the cave of God's presence, of God's love. It's God is our refuge. God is our strength. And even as I was talking about being surrounded by God, God encamping around us, like God of the angel armies encamping around us, I, I was just in my own mind, I was thinking, that doesn't sound very practical. That doesn't sound very, well, here's, here's the reason it doesn't sound practical is because it's mystical and also because it requires faith, but it also requires that you taste and see for yourself. And that's the invitation of the psalmist. It isn't just think the right thoughts or trust his experience of God alone. It's actually to taste and see for yourself. You know, there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacks out there in the world that sit around and gripe about the church. Well, the church should do this. Well, the church should do that. You know, the people I know who actually pray, not the ones who talk about prayer, but the people who actually do pray, they don't gripe. They don't gripe. Actually, when they have something that's critical to say, it feels like love. There are a lot of people out there who know all the things that, that Christians, that's wrong with Christians, and they belittle Christians. And, you know, what? well, okay, show me your faith, big boy. Sh- show me your faith. Rather than just, and this is, this is frankly what um, the radical left is so good at. You may not call them radical left. You, whatever you, just the, the, the left side of things, which is so prevalent in higher education, in some circles, not all. But it's so, so keen at criticizing and destructing, deconstructing, but it doesn't put anything in its place. It knows how to tear down, but it doesn't know how to build up. And so basically people, you know, they, they, they hand them a degree and a lot of uncertainties. Well, now you know how to think about life and nothing is certain. Well, what's the other side of that? You have over here on the right where it's just so much trying to preserve the best of the good old days that it's not open to being the people of God in newness today or whatever culture that you're, you're playing that out in, in politics or medicine or whatever. It's just way back in the past. It's just stuck, 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 stuck. Well, God doesn't want you way over here or way over here. God doesn't want you just tearing things down and putting nothing in its place. And God doesn't want you over here just preserving the best of the past and the good old days. What does God want? But a people who can move forward and innovate and create and call out things that need to be called out and to put better things in their place. So we don't want to be a people who tears down. We don't want to be people who just playing the good old hits over here on the other side. We want to be a people who are moving. We want to taste and see that the Lord is good for ourselves. 
Not just over here griping about stuff and calling out all the stuff that's wrong. Yeah, there's some stuff that's wrong and we need to be calling out some of that stuff. And we also need to be working toward putting something in its place and not just tearing down. So I know a lot of people, they're very critical of some things, but they're, they're not putting anything in its place. I'm not talking about anything in specific, just in general. Don't be that person. Be that person who does the work, who prays and who seeks the Lord and finds joy in the Lord. And when you see something that needs to be called out, don't just tear it down, but put something in its place. Do the work. Go in. Don't don't just if okay, so maybe you're um let's let's pick a, a hot topic and I'm not going into all this, but let's just say abortion. You're you're all against abortion. Okay, what are you doing for people who are uh pregnant and uh are in crisis? How are you helping them? How are you helping them? So don't just be against something, be for something. For so long the church has been known what it's against. And wherever you stand on that issue, I'm not going into all of that. You get my point, though. All right, number nine. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who fear God, God's going to provide for them. And they'll learn to not be afraid of lack as well. I was doing some reading this morning, and it, it's an ancient, I, I think it was, I forget, it was like from the 4th century or something like that. And uh, this this hermit, so to speak, he, he's just a, a radical dude. He's out on the edge. He's away from everything. He's living in solitude. And he just says, when you find yourself anxious over your bread and over your clothing, the things that Jesus commanded you not to be anxious over, you're showing yourself that you don't trust in the providence of God, that you don't trust that God will give you what you need. And it really convicted me because there are some areas in my life where I find myself anxious and the anxiety is really just a sign to me that I haven't trusted God in that area. All right, so let's look over here at verse number 11. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Again, we're going back to going after the thing that is good, not just calling out the thing that is evil. So how do we have a full life? We don't speak evil. We tell the truth. We don't do what we know is wrong. And we seek out peace and we go after making peace. When we taste of God and we see God's goodness, we want to share that with the world. So many people, they try so hard. You know, you, as a pastor, sometimes you'll get emails of people, I just, I just want to be a good person. I just want to turn my life around. And I, I appreciate that sentiment. And yet at the same point in time, I know that that desire is not enough. It's not enough. It's a great intention, but it's not enough. You have to continually throw yourself at the mercy of the Lord. Oh God, I, I am humble and poor before you. I don't know how to fix myself. I don't know how to change the world. I don't know how to do anything, but I know that you are good. I love you and I'm devoted to you. You're tasting and you're seeing that the Lord is good. And when you're transformed, then you're able to go into the world and reflect the light of God to the world and to radiate with the love and the goodness of God to a world that doesn't just need one more thing to be against, it needs something to be for. 
needs something to taste and it needs something to see. So I'm so glad that you joined us tonight. Be sure to leave your comment, hit the share button. And for those who are listening on podcasts, we're always grateful that you're joining us. God bless you, everyone.